Yesterday, I'm joined by Temple University Senior Associate Athletics Director, Strategic Communications, Larry Doherty. Larry, what's going on? Much, John. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's long overdue. I know you tried to set this up before, but plans got in the way or us girls didn't meet up, but we got it done. <laughs> yes, indeed. And hopefully, like I said, it probably could have happened during this past crazy year that we all lived through. And, uh, Hopefully, it's, we're starting to return to some sense of normalcy. At least we are here at Temple University. Yes, definitely. Um, how's you guys at Temple um, handling the situation with the COVID? You did a fantastic job with the athletics department. I mean, I know some of the students had a hard time also, but how did you guys handle it over there? Well, I mean, you know, the main thing that we focused on was health and safety. Like, I think we all would, would agree that was the most important thing. Right. I mean, it was a, it was a challenge. I mean, it was a challenge uh, uh to try to, uh, you know, find ways to get our student-athletes to get back to competition and to practicing in a normal way where we're also dealing with the pandemic. And I'm talking now about, uh, you know, in the uh, late summer, fall of 2020 uh, and not having athletic competition. Uh, I'll tell you who is the, the, the real kind of heroes are were our athletic trainers and our strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Jessica Rio, who oversaw like the medical side of things with our athletic, uh, with our athletic trainers and our university uh, doctors from Temple Hospital to help us with that. Uh, you know, strength conditioning to try to, you know, get our athletes uh, able to work out, and also to make sure we're sanitizing everything which our facilities people work in. So it was a total team effort, and our coaches working with us too, our student athletes being patient. Uh, and then having, you know, no competition outside of football in the fall. Right. Uh, so it just really, it, it just, it was, it was challenging. And then everyone, you know, in college athletics that returned last year had a, a condensed season in, in, the, uh, in the spring. Again, uh, we had a lot of, in, in college athletics, they called it the sprawl, the spring and fall seasons combining into right. one uh, dynamic uh, environment where we have soccer's playing in a, in the spring as opposed to the fall. So it was a it was a heavy lift for us but we but we were somehow managed to get through it and uh and and we had some teams uh, do really well. Yes, you you've done a great job in your career and it shows in the um, longevity that you have in your positions. Um you've been at Temple University going to your nineteenth year, eighteenth? Starting the nineteenth. Uh, Starting the nineteenth. My, my first day was uh the day official day was the day before our Penn State game in 2003. So uh, you know, I left St. Joe's where I was at for 15 years. Right. Came over here, and uh, no no correlation to it, you know. Uh, but uh, St. Joe's went to number one in the nation the year I left. So I, right. you know, they, they just probably couldn't wait to get rid of me. And so you know, I brought them all the bad luck. And uh, you know, but no, it was. Uh, I had a great time. That's my mater at St. Joe's, but now I really, truly feel like I'm a Temple Al. Right. Um, experience at Temple. Um, tell us about it because it's a great university. I love the campus and I love the course center. We'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, my time here has been tremendous. I mean, uh, starting with, uh, you know, I oversee all of communications for all of our sports here and, and uh, our administrative staff too. But uh, the main sport I work with directly is men's basketball. So uh, my first three years here, I was uh, had the pleasure of working with uh, the late John Cheney, who's uh, just a great uh, man, a great friend to me and my family, and a, 
and uh, and just like so many people in the Philadelphia area and in the country, uh, miss him uh, so much. Uh, just a super super man, and uh, so that was really good to be working and seeing uh, that legend and behind the scenes and trying to help promote and, and publicize him. And then uh, the next 13 years with Fran Dunphy as the basketball coach, and now the last year and change with Fran as the uh, acting director of athletics. So uh, I've seen a lot. We've had uh, such great success in the football field. I mean, with uh, you know, we we'll have our athletics hall of fame coming up next Friday, uh, right. and uh, Al Golden is going into the athletics hall of fame, former coach of football. You know, credited basically for you know. You know, keeping the sport alive and 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 moving it to the successes it's been seeing in in recent in recent years, you know, with uh, all the bowl success that the program has had. But Al was right. the first one to basically get the program off the off the mat, you know, and 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 get us to the first bowl game in 30 years, which was the Eagle Bank Bowl. Right. And uh, Bill Bill Bradshaw, former athletic director, is also going in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Bill came in at the same time, and he's the one that hired Al, hired Matt Rule, Bill. Uh, uh, was uh, you know, was instrumental in signing the contract with Notre Dame to play them in a, in a three-game series. And, and as we all know in the Philadelphia area, the Temple Villanova game was game day, you know, six years ago. Uh, right. And both teams nationally ranked. But, uh, you know, I, I love that aspect. But I also love the fact that we have, you know, all these other sports that uh, I really have a fondness for trying to publicize because it's easy to publicize your Division One football program and men's and women's basketball programs. But, right. uh, you know, we have fencing team that wins championships all the time. Women's gymnastics has won three straight conference titles. Women's lacrosse went to the, uh, to the NCAAs last year. So, uh, and, uh, and it's, just, it's, it's great to be able to, to tell that story in a, in a, to the uh, Delaware Valley and beyond. Um, somebody look at your job and say he does a lot. Like, they might be able to handle what you do. Um, what do you like most about your job? I say it all the time, if you love what you do, it's not work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think what I, what I love the most is, is interacting with student-athletes and trying okay. to, you know, help them, you know, succeed. And also even, you know, in my role, like, you know, we, uh, we've had student-athletes to work for me as a grad assistants, you know, and uh, try to help them in their career. I think, again, the, at the end of the day, you know, we work in athletics, but we're, we, we're just a part of the university. So, right. so we, and the, the mission is always education and trying to, to make young people better and may put them in a place where they can succeed in life. So uh, that's what I like. I like, the, I like the interaction you can have with student athletes. Besides the communications element of my job, I oversee three varsity sports, men's crew and women's rowing, uh, and also uh, women's soccer. So, you know, now I've, I get to, uh, you know, be a part of about 140 student athletes uh, and, and be able to touch them a little bit and help them along the way behind the scenes um, and put our coaches in a good position to, help them succeed as well. Yeah, that's great. That's, the, that's, that's great. It's about getting positioned and helping others. Yeah, no, it's a, I think, and you, you know, the same thing. It's just what you want to do in life. You want to be that kind of person that's just going to be someone who cares and helps helps people. And uh, working at a college and a university like this in a setting, you know, it, right. it keeps you young, keeps you, uh, you know, feeling like you're impacting lives. And, uh, you know, I don't think I – and make the impact that a John Cheney or a Fran Dumpy or a coach like that can. But you, you always want to look out for student athletes and, and students in general and see how you can help them because uh, they're young. They're still finding their way. Right. Um, as you mentioned, you've been around some great coaches at Temple. I mean, John, the late John Cheney, 
and Fran Dunphy and now Aaron McKee have taken reins. Yep. Um, you have any stories about um, John Taney off the top of your mind? Because I know he's, he was so competitive. That's all we really knew about him. He was competitive and loved to win. When it is seen to win. My great stories, my fond memories of, of Coach are more, uh, you know, not wins and losses, but uh, what he did for others. Um, okay. And we never really publicized them because he just didn't really want to, John. Uh, okay. One thing, uh, you know, I think it was my – it's my either my first or second year, you know, here, and we went to uh, Alabama. They were like 18th in the country. We were not ranked, uh, and we went down there. Game was not on television. Um, this is pre ESPN Plus and all, so we just a normal game. It was didn't get any uh, any any TV love. So we're playing in uh, the Deep South, you know, against an SEC team. So right. you know, we probably have you know little chance to succeed in that game because. There's no TV. I think that, you know, sometimes you get the officials are one side, just my, my opinion. And we go down there, and we're winning the game at the end. And uh, and uh, they we get some bad calls at the end, and we end losing by, you know, you know, you know five, seven points. Right. But what, we, what, what about that game I remember as much as before that game, maybe a week or two before, the Alabama wheelchair women's basketball team had reached out to see if they could meet coach and say hello. And I know he would, so I said, like, Coach, you know, you're good? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, no problem. I'll, you know, let's do it after the game. And I'm thinking, uh, not after the game. I mean, we're, this is going to be a tough tough one to pull out. And right. So we we we, uh, we lose that game, and uh, he speaks to the team. And he, it wasn't really long, you know. Uh, he, he's not happy, obviously, but remind him about the, the wheelchair basketball team. And uh, they're waiting kind of uh, – uh, underneath the, the arena for us and uh, in, a, in an area that the, the Alabama set up for him. And uh, he said, yeah, sure. He goes out there and he talks to this team uh, for about 40 minutes. The guys are sitting on the bus waiting for him. I remember Dan Lee was coming out and asking me that, come on, can we move this along? And I said, Dan, why don't you try to move that along? He's having fun, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's taking pictures, signing autographs, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the the uh, the thing that I, you know, remember is that there was not one woman of color on that team. And I don't think Coach Cheney ever saw race. And he right. probably had reason to, you know, because, you know, of his upbringing and how he probably, you know, it, it was held against him. He never, ever, in my mind, saw that. He was more about what doing what's right and what's and, and being basically – part of the human race. And I really, you know, I learned a lot about him about life, you know, and how you, you treat people. And it never was about, you know, that. So people on the outside might say that, look at him and say he's an angry man, like he's walking on the sidelines. He was a sweetheart behind the, behind the scenes. And uh, people that know him close to him know that. So uh, I, uh, I, I really miss talking to him, John. I would talk yeah. to him like maybe once a month and I'd have my son next to me and we'd have him on speakerphone and we'd talk for like a half an hour laughing and stuff like that. So, and, uh, and you know, don't get him started on politics now. That would be something right. that he would have. <laughs> it's always, it would always be a fun topic. For him. But no, I just, yeah, that, that's the, that the stories I remember about culture, like basically what he did for others that he really right. didn't care to publicize or share. Cause it was never about that. It was just about, you know, you know, doing nice things for people when you can. Right. Yeah, I was able to start covering the team as Fran Dunphy was about to leave, um, unfortunately. But once again, I appreciate you reaching out. Oh, when I reached out, you guys let me come in and cover some games. I really appreciate it. I love the experience from a major standpoint, covering the games. It's an unbelievable experience. I mean, the stadium, 
The Accord Center is amazing. I mean, the experience as soon as you hit the door is amazing. I mean, that's an overall great experience. I appreciate that. I mean, I really think we have a gem here in the Lake Horse Center in terms of uh, in terms of what uh, you know we have as a building. It's uh, we just put a lot more investment into it with the new video boards coming in, new floor. So it's really going to even look nicer this year. Hopefully, we're going to open our doors now. Knock wood that nothing changes with the pandemic. That we're opening right. up. We're going to have uh, you know uh, fans in the stands, you know, which will be just really really nice uh, to finally have that after last year. But uh, it is a great little venue, not little, good size venue for our yes. program. You know, 10,200 seats there. It's just really, it's, uh, it's the perfect size for us. Uh, and uh, as you've experienced, like, you know, you just walk in, it's, uh, you feel like you're in a mini Wells Fargo Center, you know. Right. It's a little bit of a, and, uh, and for a college atmosphere, when we've packed the place, uh, you know, for, a, you know, like a, we've done for like Tennessee or for, you know, Villanova or for Maryland when we bring in teams like that in our conference with, with SMU when they're ranked. It's just a right. great, wonderful uh, experience and a tough atmosphere for teams to come in to play against. Definitely. And the student section is always active. Every game. <laughs> Every game. They're very active. They do a really good creative job. I remember one game, it was like my second or third year here, we uh, we did a, they did a, a kind of like a ceremony for the hawk is dead when we played St. Joe's and they had a casket, the whole thing, walking it down the student section. I'm like, that's pretty creative, you know? And me, a St. Joe grad saying, that's pretty funny. They had like a, like a, uh, like a, one of those, uh, like a church booklet like you would have that you're yeah. having speakers and all. It was, it was really, they, it was, I felt like we were at Duke for seeing our students do that. It was pretty good. So. For those that have messed with Temple game or been at Temple overall, um, tell them about the culture that Temple has. I've experienced it, um, but it, overall, it's just a welcoming, a welcoming event when you walk in. Oh, it is. I mean, I, again, I think, you know, Scott Walkoff and his marketing team uh, do a tremendous job of, of giving a good game presentation, always trying to have something exciting for the fans, if it's uh, Frisbee dogs or something going on at, at, at halftime that, it, that you know, brings more entertainment. That's why I really look at it and say I think we, you know, use kind of the same game day kind of presentation outlook that you would see at a, at a 76ers game, you know, that you would try to say, okay, we're going to have families here, so we want it to be family friendly, you know, and, yeah. and we're going to have the basketball game too, so when we have our student body, it's going to be really engaged in that, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, I think the culture here is still, like, you know, uh, as a, from a competitive standpoint, uh, I always look and say it's Temple tough. You know, our our, uh, our kids always want to try to overachieve in all of our sports, and that's the kind of mindset we look for, you know, and I think that's kind of the mindset of Philadelphia too, you know, to be that, you know, tough competitor. Definitely. Um, you've been in communications for a while. Um, tell us how technology just help, has helped your craft, because now you have Twitter, you know, you can just tweet to them out and, like, thousands of people can see it in, like, a moment, in a, a few minutes. Like thousands can see it. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, sometimes, John, I think I should. I wouldn't mind going back to when I started out in like the nineteen late nineteen seventies. You know, my first full time job wasn't until like the mid eighties. But like when I was a student, and you were throwing uh, game notes on a typewriter, you know, and uh, and we might have to educate our younger listeners what a typewriter actually really is, you know, uh, <laughs> using using whiteout to make your mistakes, you know, correct your mistakes, and uh, right taking all that time and, and there was no such thing as social media or the internet. Right. Now it's, uh, 
it has changed everything dramatically. You know, there's no fax machines. You're, everything's email, PDFs, uh, and whatever we're doing. But, you know, right. and what's the latest social media platform that we need to go into? It's a TikTok right now or Snapchat. And, uh, you know, uh, the one thing, I, I think I've embraced that myself. Uh, but there's times right. where it's like, you know, there's such a, you know, on Twitter, like if you have a loss or if somebody has a bad game and uh, a, a player, you know, it could be such a, an attack on that, that individual. And right. these are still just student athletes. They're still just young men and women, you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't like that aspect of things where you have people that clearly jump all over, you know, players and coaches after a, a win or a loss. And then the next week you win and you're the greatest thing in the world. But, I mean, when you right. lose, it's like, you know, that's uh, that's vitriol is really tough, and uh, and we've seen that in life, and, and and it's been so divisive, you know, on social media. I hate seeing it uh, in terms of politics. I hate seeing it when it goes into sports, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's. I just uh, you know wish people would be more positive and think about what they're tweeting, you know, or sort of posting, than, than just go out there and do a knee jerk reaction on it. But the good with the bad. I mean, there's, it's great for communications. It's a way to get your messaging out. It's a way to tell people about your program. Uh, I, I think that's the most effective way. You know, if you send out a uh, some kind of a post or tweet, you know, with some information or some, uh, you know, or, or promoting a student athlete, uh, the engagement that gets is uh, is really good. It's really good for your branding and marketing. Uh, so it's the good with the bad. So I, I just try to focus on the good and, and uh, you know, try to avoid looking at social when I, I think there's going to be something really bad. So, yeah. Um, communication is very important, and you're in communications. Um, give us a take on the importance of everyone on the whole staff communicating, good or bad, so that the whole thing just goes down smoothly. Because you said you cover over all the Temple University sports, and I'm just sure communication is key with you. Yeah, no, we have, we have a staff. You know, I, I oversee a staff of uh, uh, four other full-time individuals, three graduate assistants, some student interns. Okay. We assign them each beats. Like, well, the one assistant that will work on uh, women's soccer and uh, men's and women's tennis and women's rowing. Another one will do men's soccer and women's lacrosse. And so they're assigned to be like almost like the beat reporter for that because they're going to tell our story through them. So, you know, we'll, we'll go over and sit through our meeting and say, how are we telling our story and getting our message out there on, yeah. uh, to, our, to our fans? Because we want, you know, it's, again, everyone, you know, in the general fan base uh, will focus on, the uh, football and men's basketball, women's basketball, but I want to make sure we reach the women's soccer fans and the tennis fans to say, let's do as much as we can for all the sports. I don't want a student athlete to feel like we don't care about their sport. It's not a big revenue-generating sport. No, to me, they're, they're all part of our Temple University family. And so, yeah. But how we do that is just kind of like to make sure we strategize, meet, what do we got this week, how are we promoting this game? How are you, what are we writing about? Are we doing enough on social media to cover that sport? And if not, who can step up to make sure that happens? Um, what advice would you give someone thinking about being an athletic director? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, I mean, to be the overall boss, like Fran Dunphy, and I know we're looking to hire, you know, a permanent athletic director soon. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you've got to wear many hats, as, as we've talked about, John. Like, if you're the right. overall athletic director like Fran, you're overseeing every department. So you hopefully you're going to put in place the right people. They're going to manage that. And then you're going to meet and say, okay, these are the biggest things that the, that the university has and the department has. How are we going to 
to be effective and what is your area going to do to help the whole, you know. Uh, to be in a, to get to be an athletic director, advice to be is like, you know, you've got to, you know, be ready to work hard. There is no such thing as like a nine-to-five uh, athletic director. You're on call all the time. Even if you're in my role, you're on call all the time. You right. could be getting a text message, say, for instance, this morning I got one around 645, you know. So, uh, you know, because we had an issue with something uh, okay. relating to our uh, boathouse. So uh, we had, have to, you have to deal with that then. So you don't, you, you, there is no real, like, you're never really off, technically. You have times where you're not working on the clock, but you're always there. But, the, but the, as you mentioned, too, you have to have a passion for this, and you can't look at it as a, a job. You look at it as a lifestyle and a career. You know, it's like something that you love. And uh, it's so rewarding if you look at it that way. Instead of looking at it like, oh, my gosh, I have to do more work. No, this should be something that you really want to do because you're trying to really, you know, promote and your your teams, you know, because you're the athletic director. Definitely. Larry, thank you so much for your time. I'll definitely be back, back out again and have you back on in the future. I'm looking forward to seeing what the team's going to do this year and the key has planned for the team. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no problem, John. I think you'll be happy with what you see this year. Men's basketball and women's basketball have really good seasons. So Definitely looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. You got it. Take care, John. You too. Yes, that was Temple University Senior Associate Athletics Director, Strategic Communications, Larry Doherty. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.